on today's message from Harvest Church of God. Some people allow the winds of popular opinion to push their boat around. Some people allow the winds of media to push their boat around. They can tell you what you ought to think. They can tell you what you ought to believe. They allow advertisers to blow wind into your sails, telling you how you should dress and how you should look. They're master manipulators, but if you refuse to allow their wind to blow your ship around, you, you can stay on course and stay going in the direction God wants you to go. Father, we thank you for another opportunity this side of eternity to stand in this sacred place and to speak the word of the Lord. I ask you to touch us, O Lord, today with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and help us, God, to with open ears and ears that are spiritually attuned to the things of God. Help us, Lord, to have an encounter with you this morning, we pray, this last Sunday of 2020. In Jesus' name, amen. All of us know that around the Mediterranean basin, the chief means of travel and journeying was by boat. Uh, you could certainly always hoof it, and uh, many of them walked. We know that Jesus walked a lot of miles uh, on and around the Galilee region. So travel was a lot by foot. And certainly there were horses to ride, and there were camels to ride, and there were donkeys to ride. But uh, the principal means of long-distance travel was by, by ship. And in the Mediterranean basin, there were ports that were all around uh, that basin, and that served as gospel outlets for Paul and the people in the first century church to use to get the gospel to all the known world at that time. Uh, the port cities like Philippi, Tyre, and uh, Corinth and uh, Ephesus, all of those were, were great places of commerce. And uh, as commerce goes and as travel goes, you assemble people. So if you want to get the message out, uh, you go to these people centers and you go to these port cities where a lot of that travel was uh, by boat. Paul, the apostle Paul, made three missionary journeys and all of them were mostly traveled by, by boat. His trip to Rome when he appealed to Caesar to appear before Caesar was by boat. And you remember that he got to a place in the island of Crete and sailing down under because the wind was contrary. And uh, the Bible says that in other instance that they, they had a prevailing wind, that a warm southerly wind blew and we thought it good to go. So most of his travel was determined by the weather and the propulsion of the wind. When the wind is your uh, energy and the wind is your source and it's the motivation and the power by which you travel, then uh, you have to deal with winds of different direction because sometimes they're contrary and sometimes they're prevailing uh, and pleasant winds that help you get to where you're going. It's an established fact you get to where you're going depending upon the contrary winds and the prevailing winds. The trip takes much less time if you've got a tailwind, as we would say. True in aircraft travel now that if you've got a tailwind, you, that trip to South Africa is a tough one. It's about 22 hours coming back, and it's about 24 hours going over because you've got a headwind going over and a tailwind coming back. So the wind is always involved as the energy source and the propulsion of, of travel. 
Do you know the church has a energy source? The church is driven by the wind of the Holy Spirit. That word pneuma is all about the breathing and about the, the, the motivating and urging along and energy to travel. And that wind of the Spirit is that force that enables the church to make progress toward our intended goals. Amen. Now, the Bible tells us that there are many instances of, of people that traveled by ship to get to places and very, very famously they, they made these trips and opened up doors. In fact, beyond what we know in Scripture, tradition tells us that uh, Peter and some of the apostles even traveled as far as Spain and that uh, Peter was uh, crucified upside down in Spain. That, that's not in Scripture, but that's in, in the history books. And Eusebius and uh, those guys recorded that. But to travel that far carrying a gospel meant you must have a, have a goal in mind and you must have a determination. I believe that for everybody who accepts the Lord Jesus, there's a determination that you've got to make. There's a, a will that's got to change. I believe the, the sale of our vessel that we call ourselves and our life is our will our will. That is the, the sail that catches the wind that drives us to our intended goals and our intended purposes. I really believe that with all of my heart. And I believe that the will is so important. You know, the Bible said, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock if any man will, will open up and let me in, I will sup with him and him with me. So our will is that, that determination, you know. And the leper said to Jesus, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be thou clean. So our will is that determining factor that, that catches the wind of the Holy Spirit that powers our vessel toward its intended goal. There are, are many people that are really struggling with that thing of will because sometimes the wind and its direction Sometimes some winds of fear, some winds of uh, jealousy, some winds of en enmity and malice and all kinds of things that can blow against your vessel to keep you from going where you want to go and being what you want to be. But people who have a determined will to serve the Lord. I believe that when you get saved, I believe your will becomes the determining factor on whether you make it or not. Because with a made-up mind and a person that has willed, I'm going to make it to heaven. As for me and my house, we have willed to serve the Lord. Amen. I have willed to make him the Lord of my life. I will not be driven by contrary winds. I will not be tossed about by every wind of doctrine that blows. But I have chosen and willed that the purpose for my life is to obey God and to please him who has called me and anointed me. I'm trusting in God. That's my purpose. That's my goal. That's where I'm going. It's what I'm about. Amen. Can we give God a good hand clap of praise for that? Because that's what being saved and serving God means. It means my will and my purpose for my life is in agreement with God's call and purpose for me. Amen. Every one of us in this house have a purpose, a purpose. Every one of us in this house, God's got a blueprint for your life. Every one of us in this house have a design by our Heavenly Father. 
You remember in Jeremiah, the Bible says in Jeremiah 1, 5, before you were ever shapen in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you. And God said, and I ordained that you would be a prophet of God. Hallelujah. Well, I want to tell you, God wills and purpose, purposes for every one of us our function in the body of Christ, our, our giftedness, our talents, our abilities, and then we set sail with a goal. You know what my goal is? I'm on my way to heaven. I'm on my way to eternal life in the presence of my God so that I can forever be with him. That's the goal. That's the direction. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm headed. Praise God. And the one thing that's going to determine whether I reach that goal or not is the setting of my sails. The setting of my sails. When I make up my mind what I'm going to do. I, I've preached so many times about having a made-up mind. Has anybody in this house got a made-up mind? Anybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about a made-up mind? Greatest example that I know of that is in the book of Daniel. It's chapter 3, verse 13 through 18, it's a, about some people that have made a commitment to God. We'd simply call them Hebrew children. They even lost their names when they got transported to another country. They were taken captive and were carried to a, a foreign country. And they, the Bible said, purposed in their hearts purposed in their heart. Is there anybody in this house that have purposed in your heart that come what may, I'm on my way to heaven. Amen. Come what may, whatever time and tide may bring, I'm on my way to heaven. Tell them when you saw me, I was on my way. That's the testimony of everybody that has this made up mind. Have you got a made up mind today? You know, a made up mind determines your, your activity, it determines the setting of your sail. It determines the direction you're going, no matter what. When I lived at Pine Harbor, I used to look at those sailing vessels that would go out on the, on the lake, on Logan Martin Lake. And I was always so amazed to see them because some of them, the wind was only going one direction, but I would see them going all kinds of directions. And I determined uh, that it wasn't necessarily the way the wind is blowing, it's the determination of the setting of the sail. For us, that's true too. We don't just go whichever way the wind is blowing. We go the direction that we've set our sails to go. We're on our way to heaven. Our destination is heaven, and that's where we're going. You know, in, in thermal power and in, in the science and the physics that is called thermal power, it is, there's a term that, that is used there, it's inertia, and it means momentum. Have you seen momentum at work these last few days as you've watched sporting events? And watching games, have you heard announcers say something like they've lost momentum or momentum has changed in this last quarter? Momentum. In other words, it's something you can get and it's something you can lose. Brother, it's great when you got it. Buddy, there's nothing hotter than a hot dog when you've got it. Buddy, when he runs down and everything he shoots goes in the basket. When every time you hand him the ball, he runs for positive yardage. 
Every time you throw it at him, he catches it for a big, big game. Every time, that's called momentum. And it's great when you've got momentum. It's great when the wind is behind you and you've got momentum. But when you lose momentum or when momentum shifts and what used to be for you is now against you, sometimes it's hard to keep going the direction you're going when momentum shifts. Could I tell you that in a lifetime there's a lot of shifting in momentum? Could I tell you there are times when it seems like, boy, you're just going so good, you got it on a roll, and everything you touch is, is working out right, and then suddenly momentum changes. You gained it, but you now have lost it. And it seems like every way you turn, it's a mess up and a foul up. Yeah. Every time you try to do something, that, that it all goes wrong. Have you ever gone through one of those momentum shifts? When it all goes wrong? Well, that's when it's so important that you keep your sails set. And I want to tell you, setting your sail is the determining factor in traveling the right direction. There's a great poem by a lady named Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Listen to this poem. It's really good. But to every mind there openeth a way and way and a way. A high soul climbs the highway and the low soul gropes the low. And in between on the misty flats, the rest drift to and fro. But to every man there openeth a highway and a low, and every mind decideth the way his soul shall go. One ship sails east, another west, by the selfsame winds that blow. Tis the set of the sails and not the gales that fails or tells the way we go. Like the winds of the sea are the waves of time. As we journey along through life, tis the set of the soul that determines the goal and not the calm nor the strife. Not the calm nor the strife, but it's the set of the soul that determines the goal. Wow, that's great. That's true of the set of the sails, not the gales, that tells us the way to go. And I want to tell you, as we look toward 2021, don't just look for a formula and don't just look for something that you think might work. There are no super-duper whooper-whopper deals about making 2021 a great deal. There is no King Solomon's jinx-removing kit. There are no gidgets, gadgets, gizmos. There are none of those kind of things. There's just one thing that will determine your success in 2021, and that is that commitment and that will to do what God wants you to do and to be what God wants you to be. Now, these Hebrew boys are all over in Babylon, and there has come about a, a cultural challenge for them because they have made up their minds, we are going to be true to who we are and who we serve no matter where we find ourselves or what predicament we find ourselves in, there's one guiding philosophy of our life. That's what the will is, your guiding philosophy. Do you have a guiding philosophy? One thing that you've determined is constant. Do you? If you don't, you need to because you need to have a guiding philosophy for your life. 
when these young men found themselves in a different culture with a different king. Hey, I want you to get the, the scene. There's a, a law that's been passed, and a, a terrible king named Nebuchadnezzar has made a rule that when you hear the sound of music, of dulcimers and sackbuts, trumpets and coronets, flutes, when you hear and all kind of music, he said, then you're to bow down and worship my image. Wow. Well, now we've got these two, three Hebrew boys that are from Israel that have been captured and brought to this cultural different place. No longer is there a temple there and a people who worship God. No longer do you sing the psalms. No, no longer do you do the ritual and the ceremony. You're in a strange land. And now the question is, is your guiding philosophy going to be your guiding philosophy now that the culture has changed? And consequences are, are bad if you don't do what you're supposed to do. You come upon that sense that Every ear is strained to hear every word that dropped from the lips of Nebuchadnezzar. Do you know what his name means, Nebuchadnezzar? It means, O oh God, Nabu, defend my firstborn son, conqueror of all of Palestine against three slaves who could not even keep their right name. But amidst that quiet scene, those hurricane force winds that are blowing, those winds of anger, those winds of threat. And these Hebrew boys have not got, now got to decide what they're going to do. Let's read what the Bible says in Daniel 3.13. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then they brought these men before the king Nebuchadnezzar. And he spoke and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods? Do not ye serve my gods. Whew. The gods that I have made, I have made them. I have established them. And I am demanding that you worship what I have made. I have made a golden image. And I am demanding that you worship the God I tell you to worship the God that I own, the God that I made, he's the God I'm demanding that you worship. Now, there are a lot of applications that can be made there. One man said you can make a God out of anything. You can make an object of worship out of anything. Is your philosophy that guides your life, your guiding philosophy so strong that you'll not bow to another man's God? Is your commitment, your will, your purpose so strong that you've determined we will serve the Lord? Him only will we serve. He is the only wise God. He is the only sovereign creator God. He is God, and I will not worship any other God. I will obey him when he said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I will obey him when he said, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. I will worship the God of heaven, and him only will I give my worship. Nebuchadnezzar is asking, Have you refused to serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I've set up? Now, 
be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the coronet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship that image which I have made. But if you do not worship, ye will be cast that same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to go pray about it. We don't have to mull over it. We don't have to study it through. We don't have to converse with anybody or get another opinion. We are not slow to answer you. We're not careful. We, we've already got it made up. We've already settled this thing. It's already our guiding philosophy in our life. We have purposed in our hearts. Be this known to you. We're not, we're not stuttering and we're not stammering. They answered and said, we are not careful. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from that burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship golden images which thou hast set up. The winds of anger, hostility, and adversity were blowing right into the sails of this great king as he come against these uh, young men. His sails were full. He could not imagine that three slave boys would dare to disobey him. What do you do? When your subordinates disobey you and do so openly, what winds do we allow to blow in your sail? Are you filled with rage and anger? He was attempting to blow into those boys' sails fear and fright and anxiety. And the thing that troubled him most, that the winds of anger and fierce hostility toward them was blowing his vessel, they didn't let that wind affect them. The Bible said they stayed calm. You know what aggravated Nebuchadnezzar more than anything else? The calmness of the three Hebrews. That they were not fidgety. They weren't frightened. They weren't threatened. They weren't afraid. They weren't scared. They were willing to go all the way with their lives because they had a guiding philosophy. I'm going to be true to who I am no matter where it finds me. Isn't that great? Too many of us allow the winds of fear to sail and push our boats around. I said so many of us allow the winds of fear and anxiety to push our boats around. Fear of abuse, fear of victimization, fear of losing friends. Fear of losing your job, fear of living alone, fear of losing your independence. There's so many different fear winds that can blow against you. But I want to tell you, we cannot afford to let others blow their winds into our sails. The minute we allow that, we're allowing them to control our direction. 
And I'm not going to let anything change the direction I'm going. I've started for heaven, and I'm going through. I love you, but I won't let your wind blow into my sails and cause me to miss the direction that I'm traveling. I won't allow contrary winds to come and try to push my vessel around and cause me to lose my sight of the goal that I'm traveling for. And that is, I'm going to heaven. You see, we can't allow other peoples to control our, our lives like that. Don't allow people to control your life. Submit yourself to the Lord your God and let God control your life. Some people allow the winds of popular opinion to push their boat around. Some people allow the winds of media to push their boat around. They can tell you what you ought to think. They can tell you what you ought to believe. They can tell you what you ought to look like. They can tell you what's acceptable and what you ought to think and how you ought to act. They allow advertisers to blow wind into your sail, telling you how you should dress and how you should look, telling you what's beautiful and what's good, telling you what type of house you should live in. They're master manipulators, but if you refuse to allow their wind to blow your ship around, you can stay on course and stay going in the direction God wants you to go. There's only one who should allow that you should allow to blow wind in your sails. Who is that? God. God. Don't let any other wind, just the wind of the Holy Spirit. You see, when these, these Hebrew boys, they kept their sails set to receive the prevailing winds of faith and humility. God said, I just need somebody I can blow the Holy Spirit into. I just need somebody that I can push in the right direction. I just need a vessel. I just need somebody that will invite me on board. I just need somebody that will let the rudder be the Word of God and the wind and the sails be the Holy Spirit and let God be the helmsman and keep you on course. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. Of whom shall I fear or of what shall I be afraid? I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Blow as hard as you can blow. God is on my side. God is on my vessel. My direction is toward heaven and I'm going through. Praise God. Is that your determination? That is my determination. Even in the midst of the storm, you've got to know how to set your sail. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer you. It's made, it's made up. It's already decided. We've already made up our minds. And the Bible says, 28 and 29 of Daniel 3, Then Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants. I wonder why it's so surprising to the world that God delivers. I wonder why the world is so aghast at what God does for his people. He said, who has sent his angel, delivered his servants that trusted him. Isn't that great? That have delivered his servants that trusted him. You mean trusting him? 
determines whether you're going to get delivered or not? He has delivered his servants that trusted him and have changed the king's word. Boy, you ought to shout it out of your seat right then. That standing up for who you are and standing up for who you worship, standing up for your guiding philosophy that the Lord is the strength of your life, and you stand up for that, and the Bible said that has changed the king's word. There is a word that's greater than the king's word, and it's called God's word. God's word, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Brother, let every man be a liar and let God be the truth. God's word is faithful. God's word is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. God's word is the thing upon which we stand. It's the rudder that guides us in the right direction. Hallelujah. Good preaching, Pastor. That's a good amen. I'll just amen my own preaching. Sales have to be set properly. Our sails must remain set to receive the correct wind if we're to go in the right direction. Let me tell you something. I found out over these many years that from time to time I have to adjust my sails. I have to adjust my sails so that I can catch the wind that will carry me in the right direction. It's not just a once and for all setting. It's not one of those set it and forget it things. Because sometimes situations and circumstances come that you've got to adjust your sails in order to stay on course. Hallelujah. Praise God. To stick by a set sail and say, I'll never change it. Well, you're going to sail into some times and some situations and some circumstances that you're going to experience some hurt because you won't change your sail to catch the wind. Amen. Sometimes you've got to set your sail to catch the prevailing wind to carry you in the direction that you want to go. Amen. Sometimes I have to have a personal revival. Sometimes I have to go to, to God. There are times when I have to repent of some things that I have said or done, and I have to go back and adjust my sails a little bit. Because I let some wind that didn't need to be pushing me. And it blew me off course. And in order to correct and get back on the right course, I had to adjust my sails. Well, Brother Jerry, I made up my mind. I'm not changing. For, well, you better do something about your condition because if you're going to make it to heaven, you're going to get to the right place. The Bible said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. What that means are many are the strayings from the course are by people, but the Lord helps them, everyone, get back on track. Hallelujah. There are times when you kind of miss the course just a little bit. And some contrary wind may cause you to have to make some adjustments 
in order to keep going in the right direction. There is no other God like our God. Nebuchadnezzar finally said it. He said this, they changed the king's word, yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be a dunghill, because there is no other God. There is no other God. There is no other God that can deliver after this sort. What happened, Brother Jerry? I would say God knocked the wind out of Nebuchadnezzar's sails. Glory to God. God can knock the wind out of the devil's sails anytime he wants to because he's God. There is none greater than God. There never has been, there is not, and there never will be. When we set our bow in the direction of glorifying God and we purpose in our hearts that he is our goal and heaven is our goal, when we determine that this is our passion, then our great God delivers us and keeps us on course. The Holy Spirit that drives the vessel and pushes the vessel helps us to keep tra traveling in the right direction. You see, God has so fixed it that every one of us in this room, from time to time, need renewal, and we need adjusting and setting of our sails. And that's, that's that guiding philosophy of life. I've not always been like I am today. There were times when I was different than I am today. But I've had to make some adjustments is there anybody here that has made adjustments to get to this point in your life? Amen. And I thank God that I made those adjustments and set that adjustment on that sale because I needed to change it in order to get the full benefit of the wind that I was wanting to blow. The Bible says in Psalm 107, they that go down... To the sea and ships, Psalm 107 and 23. They that go down to the sea and ships that do business in great waters. That do business in great waters. That means we who have to buy gas for our car, groceries for our family, pay the light bill, pay the water bill, go and deposit this and go and do that and buy this and get this clothing and get that and do that. That's called business, life business. And he likens that to people that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These people see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deeps. God is involved in every facet of your life. God's involved in your family. God's involved in your workplace. God's involved in everything about you. And you can behold the works of the Lord and his wonders in this thing we call the business of life. For he commandeth, for he commandeth, and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. What are you saying? I'm saying God owns the storm. He owns the water. He owns the wind. 
He owns the waves. He owns the beach. He owns everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns it all. And he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves. They mount up to heaven, 26 says. They mount up to heaven. They go down again to the depths. In other words, there are great swells. There are times in your life when you're on the top. There are times in your life when you're sailing in the bottom of the swell. Do you know what determines success when you're at high seas? The position of your bow. If you don't position your bow into the wave, then it will overlap and flood and sink your vessel. What are you saying? I'm saying God wills that you meet your problems head on. God says, just sail right into it. Amen. He said, I'll take care of you. I've never failed you. I've never let you down. You just don't try to sail around anything. Just sail right straight into it. Hallelujah. Just sail right into that difficulty. Don't, don't run from it. Don't circumvent it. Just, he said it. It goes up and it goes down. You'll stay afloat if you'll just address it head on. They mount up to heaven. They go down again in the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. There will be times when life will deal you a harsh blow. When a storm, winds will come that will cause your heart to melt. Have you ever had a heart melt? Have you ever lost heart? You'd be lying if you said no. Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt lonely? Have you ever felt forsaken? Have you ever felt abandoned? Have you ever felt those feelings? You'd have to say amen. Yes, I have. He said their soul is melted. Their heart is melted because of trouble. And they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. You see that in that scripture up there? They are at their wit's end. Have you ever done all you could do, said all you can say, paid all you can pay, prayed until you were blue in the face, yet gone till you felt like I can't go anymore? You're at your wit's end. What do you do when you come to your wit's end? Next verse, what does it say? Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distress. What do you do when life has fallen apart? What do you do when there are questions and you don't have answers? What do you do when you've said all you can say, gone as far as you can go, been all you can be, and there's nothing else left to do? Then they cried unto the Lord. Brother, don't wait till then. You can do it before you get to that point. But, hey, when you get to that point, you've at least got that to fall back on. They cried unto the Lord. And what did God do? God heard them. And God delivered them out of all of their distresses. Have you ever said, oh God, 
I've kind of lost control of this vessel. And this vessel is on course for the rocks. That wind is blowing me toward the rocks. I'm going to crash on the rocks if I don't change my direction. I've got to get control of this vessel. The wind is blowing me away. I don't want to go. God, you've got to help me. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? God, you've got to help me. My ship is headed for a crash. There's about to be a shipwreck. You know, the Bible said when Paul was writing to a church, he said to them, the Bible said they've overthrown the faith of some, and of some they have made shipwreck concerning their faith. Has your faith ever run aground? Have you ever reached your wit's end and your faith ran aground? There was a shipwreck. What you thought was it was such a lovely day. Not a storm cloud was in sight. Then suddenly without warning, storms surrounded my life. And suddenly you found yourself in a situation. Who was it that said, my foot had almost slipped. I almost lost my footing. I staggered around like a brook drunk man, and I almost, my foot just almost slipped. What happened? But then I remembered then I remembered my guiding philosophy. Then I remembered that my God has never failed me and never let me down. Then I remember that I've got a commitment to God, that my life is hid with Him. Then I remembered that it is He that hath made me and not me myself. I realized that He is the source of my strength. I remembered that He is my light and my salvation. I remembered Zion. I remembered the temple. I remembered worship. I remembered what it's like to be the people of God. And I got my footing back. I almost failed, but I didn't. Almost failed, but I didn't. They cried to the Lord, and He bringeth them out of all of their distresses, just about through a promise. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. And then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them to their desired haven. Oh, that men, verse 31, oh, that men, is it up there? Read it with me. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would praise this God who is committed to getting us to our fair haven. Oh, that people would rejoice and worship and praise and give glory to the God who said, I'm committed to getting you there. I'm committed to getting you to the finish line. I'm committed to getting you to heaven. He said, I'll not take my hand off of you until I've finished what I began in you. I began a work. I got you started for heaven, and I'm going to see to it that you get there. Isn't that great? Praise God. As long as he is the God of my vessel, as long as he is the Lord of my life, 
I've got his word. I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you there. I'm glad he's going to get us there. You just keep me safe till the storm passes by. So in 2021, what are you going to do, pastor? I'm setting my sail. I'm adjusting my sail if it needs adjusting. That whatever needs to be done, heaven's going to be worth it when I, when I make it to heaven. This, this year in 2020, we put some people over there on that side. And that just makes heaven grow into a more fond and loving place. Because one of these days, maybe 2021 may not even be when 2021 comes and may happen still in what's left of 2020. The trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised and we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Wouldn't that be good to reach that goal that we've sailed through stormy seas? We've sailed through stormy seas, fought to win the prize, and sailed through stormy seas. Must I to heaven go on flowery beds of ease? I'll get that back in a minute. Must I to heaven go on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through stormy seas? Praise God. That's that determination. We used to sing an old song when I was a little kid. I am determined to hold out to the end. Jesus is with me. On him I can depend. Oh, I know I have salvation, for I feel it in my soul. I am determined to hold out to the end. Praise God. So if the end comes in 2021, I'm going to hold out till that time comes. And I pray that that song that they sang just a few minutes ago, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. You be careful the rest of this holiday season. God care for this flock like a shepherd cares for his sheep. Thank you, God, for the many times in 2020 that you've steered our vessel through stormy seas. Thank you for the hope that we have, the bright hope for tomorrow, that as we sail into 2021, you'll continue to guide us and direct us no matter what the seas may be. We bless you and we praise you and we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.